Hey there, listeners. Welcome to the official WNRG podcast. We believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared. Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insight into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others. This production is made possible with the support of the Women's Network Resource Group and the dedication of our core team. I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen Pantoja Evans. And I'm Brittany Lemaire. Make sure to text WNRG to 239-355 to have episodes sent straight to your mobile every Thursday morning. And we always want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts in our buzz group, WNRG Podcast Series, or by tagging us. Hey there, listeners. Thanks for joining us this week as we do a summary of the seven habits of effective or successful people from the wonderful Steve Covey. We're going to provide a brief summary of these habits and then move on to habit number seven, and you'll see why we have done a summary, and then we talk about habit seven. So as we've been going through this process and this discussion of these seven habits, um, I really wanted to kind of look a little bit more into why Covey decided to make these habits uh, this way. Covey believed that the way we see the world is based on our own perceptions. And in order to change a given situation, we must first change ourselves. And in order to change ourselves, we must change our perceptions. And I wholeheartedly relate this to the IND space and the wonderful work that our NRGs do to help create a better, more diverse workplace. And the, the book really kind of opens with an explanation that he saw some really high-achieving high individuals, and everyone is always struggling for that need for personal effectiveness and to really get the most out of their day and to be able to push themselves further and further to achieve success. And Covey believes that the way we see the world is based on our own perceptions and with that, we, we have to really take accountability for ourselves and then change our views as we see them. And he studied over 200 years of literature based on the you know, concept of what success means. And I feel we also need to note that success is different to every single person. So you might have your own definition of success, just like you might have your own definition of what being fit is. And I think that's what makes the world a wonderful place is that we're all different and we all know that people nowadays we look for what's going to be the easiest what's the quickest what's the fastest so we're really interested in these quick fixes but Covey really believes you have to reflect internally and change some things about yourself and really know yourself in order to have these successful very effective outcomes So the seven habits of highly effective people come in whenever he discusses habits one, two, and three. These are really focused on self-mastery and moving from dependence to independence. So you are really able to do things for yourself and to look at yourself as an independent individual rather than relying on the approval of others. So habits four, five, and six are focused on developing teamwork, collaboration, communication skills, And again, moving from independence to interdependence so that you can grow and cultivate and foster a wonderful team. And then habit seven is focused on continuous growth and improvement, and it embodies all the other habits. 
So this is why we are going to be giving you a brief rundown of all the habits. So habit one was be proactive. And to put it simply, in order to be effective, one must be proactive. And reactive people take a passive stance to things. They always believe the world is happening to them. They think the problem is all out there and everything is happening to them. Reactivity becomes kind of a a self-fulfilling prophecy and reactive people feel increasingly victimized and out of control. But the difference is proactive people, they recognize that they have responsibility or as Covey defines it, response hyphen ability. And so that means you control what, what happens to you and you believe that and you can control your reactions to other things outside in your environment. And we also should say everybody does have bad days and that's okay. But got to keep a positive attitude along with that. Steve Covey has some advice regarding this. And challenge yourself to test the principle of proactivity by doing a few of these things. The first thing is to start replacing reactive language with proactive language. So an example of a reactive phrase is, he makes me so mad. And a proactive phrase would be, I control my own feelings. And then he says to convert reactive tasks into proactive ones. So instead of thinking everything happens to you, reflect it on what you can do to help change the circumstances. And Carmen is going to help explain habit two. Habit two is one I can really relate to. It's begin with the end in mind. And Colby has an interesting concept here where we can use our imagination to develop a vision of what we want to become and use our conscious to decide what values will guide us. You know, most of us find it rather easy to to busy ourselves, but sometimes we have to really take a step back and think about the, and put the end in mind. So habit two suggests that in everything we do, we should begin with the end in mind, start with a clear destination. That way we can make sure the steps we're taking, taking are in the right direction. One of Stephen Covey's quotes are, it's incredibly easy to get caught up in activity trap, in the busyness of life to work harder and harder at climbing the ladder of success only to discover that it's leaning against the wrong wall. So a couple concepts here. Break down different roles in your life, whether professional, personal, or in your community, and list three to five goals you want to achieve for each one. And also define what scares you Is it public speaking? Is it critical feedback? Or do you think of it as constructive criticism? Write down the worst case scenario for your biggest fear, then visualize how you'll handle the situation. Write down exactly how you'll handle it. And that moves us on to habit three. Habit three, put first things first. In order to manage ourselves effectively, we must put first things first. We must have the discipline to prioritize our day-to-day actions based on what's most important and not as not what is most urgent. Stephen Covey says the challenge is not to manage time, but to manage ourselves. In habit two, we discuss the importance of determining our values and understanding what it is we're setting out to achieve. Habit three is actually about going after these goals and executing on our priorities and on our day-to-day needs. 
In order to maintain the discipline and the focus to stay on track, we need to have the willpower to do something even when we don't want to do it. Think about working out for those of us who have to really put in the willpower and schedule it in. Um, I know for me personally, there's always the excuse I don't have enough time to work out, for example. I don't have enough time to do X. But it really comes down to how do I manage myself um, and kind of take control of that. So we need to act according to our values rather than our desires or impulses at any given moment. And I think that's a great point, Tara. I remember hearing about um, there was it was uh, Ashley Milne on the broad experience and it was about time effectiveness and she had um, a subject matter expert on there and she said I do not believe in the fact of saying you know I'm too busy because if it's important to you you'll make time for it and Rachel Hollis also echoes that in her book uh, Girl Wash Your Face absolutely all right so that leads us on to habit four which is think win-win. So in order to establish effective interdependent relationships, we have to commit to creating win-win situations that are mutually beneficial and satisfy each party. And I'm not saying that you have to have all the super flowery, you love everyone, you get along with everyone, but being cordial and putting effort into maintaining and establishing functional working relationships goes a long way in life it's also networking across the enterprise and getting in touch with others that are not like you and that have different roles than you and I really feel it just all helps build onto your foundational knowledge and also gets you in touch with some really amazing people so Covey explains that there are six paradigms of human interaction and for those of you that watch The Office these will sound very familiar whenever Steve Carell's character brings Angela and Oscar in to discuss a certain um, calendar that they have in The Office. The six paradigms of human interaction are win-win, win-lose, which means if I win you lose, lose-win, which is I lose, you win. Lose, lose, where both people indeed lose. Five is win. And that means people with the win mentality don't necessarily want someone else to lose. But it just matters that they get what they want out of the situation. And six is win, win, or no deal. Which means if you can't reach an agreement that is mutually beneficial, then there is no deal. Uh, Steve Covey believes the best option is to create these win-win situations because others may perpetuate and have a negative impact between the two in their relationship going forward. And in solving for win-win instances, we have to consider two factors. And I I really believe in this as well. Consideration and courage. And when he says consideration and courage... That means to consider the other person, their feelings, and their thoughts, and also have the courage to bring up difficult discussions and have that exchange of ideas, even if it's different. So here are some action items and ways that you can help practice this habit. Is think about an upcoming interaction where you'll be attempting to reach an agreement or a solution. Write down a list of things that the other person is looking for. Then write down a list next to that of how you can make an offer that could meet both of your needs. 
Another activity is to identify three important relationships in your life. Think about what you feel the balance is in each of those relationships. Do you give more than you take? Do you take more than you give? Write down a few ways to always give more than you take. I also believe this is called gratitude. Um, Habit five is seek first to understand, then to be understood. And I think that just by chance, this was the one that was chosen for me because I am working on this skill completely. And I can sum it up in one or in two words, empathetic listening. So before we can offer advice or solutions, we really have to listen. Stephen Covey has a quote uh, that is very impactful. You've spent years of your life learning how to read and write, years learning, years learning how to speak, but what about listening? How many years have you learned to listen? So habit five says that we must seek first to understand and to be understood. So empathetic listening. Stephen Colby points out that communication experts estimate that 10% of our communication is represented by our words, 30% is represented by our sounds, and 60% is represented by our own body language. And typically, we listen autobiographically, in other words, with our own perspective as our frame of reference. But if we step, take a step back and try to do some empathetic listening, we see dramatic results in improved communication. And it takes time to make this shift. When we're able to present our ideas clearly and in the context of deep understanding of other person's needs and concerns, we significantly increase the credibility of our ideas. So what can we do? Here are a few ways to get yourself into the habit of seeking first to understand. Number one, next time you're watching two people communicating, cover your ears and watch. Watch emotions. Was one of the per- was one of the persons or the other more interested in the conversation? And number two, next time you give a presentation, root it in empathy. And that moves us on to habit six. So habit six, synergize. So by understanding and valuing the differences in another person's perspective, we have this opportunity to create synergy, which allows us to uncover new possibilities through openness and creativity. So the real essence of synergy is just valuing the differences, the mental, emotional, and psychological differences between people. Value the differences in other people is is a way to expand your own perspective. Sidestep negative energy and look for the good in others. Always assume positive intent. Exercise courage in interdependent situations to be open and encourage others to be open. Catalyze creativity and find a solution that will be better for everyone by looking for a third alternative. Something you can do is make a list of people who irritate you and now choose just one person from that list and really start to look at how their views are different. Put yourself in their shoes. Think and pretend how it feels to be them. This is help you understand them and their perspective better. Now next time you're in a disagreement with that person, Go back to that moment and try to understand their concerns and why they disagree with you from that perspective. And conversely, you could also do that for the people that you like to have conversations with. And I think that that also kind of comes from the mood elevator, which um, I do believe Tracy Richardson spoke on during our podcast interview with her. So those are episodes seven and eight. And she talks about the mood elevator and how 
if you come from curious rather than angry, you can help discover better solutions and be a catalyst for positivity rather than negative energy. So here we are, listeners. We are at habit seven, which is sharpen the saw. When I first saw this, I I didn't exactly connect with it very well, but as I was delving more into it, it's it's a pretty great habit and something that I feel I I'm a continuous work of improvement on. So habit seven, sharpen the saw. To be effective, we really need to devote the time to renew ourselves physically, spiritually, mentally, and socially. Continuous renewal allows us to be synergistic and also more effective and increases our ability to practice each habit. Habit seven is really focused around the renewal or taking time out for ourselves to essentially sharpen the saw. So with habit seven, we have this idea of the physical dimension and the goal of continuous physical improvement is to exercise our body and mind in a way that will enhance our capacity to work, adapt, and enjoy. And Steve Covey says to renew ourselves physically, we must eat well, get sufficient rest and relaxation, and exercise on an irregular basis to build endurance, flexibility, and strength. So I fully agree on this, and I think Humana does a great job of trying to get us to eat well by offering us the uh, Go365 healthy eating card, and they also try to make a point that rest and relaxation is good. Uh, Tara, what's a way that you kind of rest, relax, and engage? Um, I really love using Headspace personally. So it, it's a mindfulness app, and it's just a 10-minute, or actually less than 10 minutes if you need it, uh, opportunity just to sit and just clear your head a little bit and do some deep breathing. So that's really helpful for me. And then the other thing is taking my dog for a walk. It's exactly 10 minutes around our block. And so just getting up from the desk and getting some fresh air and moving my muscles. What about you, Carmen? Oh, gosh. I mean, I totally relate to this one. Um, this Habit 7 summates the whole piece, your mind, body, spirit. And you need all three of those to be one person. Uh, And that walk clears your head, so it can also be spiritual. And other physical activity, what that may look like is different, um, as Brittany mentioned early on, to everyone. Some people might like to hike. Some people might like to take a walk, as you're mentioning. And it just, it means something to everybody. And spiritual, it all means differently to others. But to me, mind, body, spirit, the, the triangle, it's your whole person, and this, what Stephen Colby is writing, it just summates all, all of those in this one setting. So, Carmen, um, do you want to talk about the spiritual dimension? Oh, I, I can, personally, I'm a Christian, so spiritually, you know, I've, I'm refreshed by starting my morning every morning with a devotion, and um, it feeds me, it feeds my soul, it feeds my heart. And it guides me uh, on a day that sets me in direction for my journey of the day. Um, And then as well as spirit, it could mean that I'm going to take a yoga class at work when there's an opportunity or take a or put on my YouTube video at night and do a yoga class. that will give give me the opportunity to just relax or I do the headspace, just like Tara had mentioned. I'll flip that on my phone and just do the deep breathing for 10 minutes or just 
maybe step away for just a little while. So spiritual can mean so many different things to different people, but that's mine. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And when Steve Covey talks about the spiritual dimension, the whole goal is to renew your spiritual self and to provide leadership to our life and reinforce your commitment to our value system. And again, everyone has different values and different things that they prioritize, but all of the habits are really about identifying these for yourself. And so it's all about growing yourself, not anyone else. This is, should be something for you. And he suggests that you could practice daily meditation, communicate with nature. There's a lot of studies that prove that spending even 10 minutes out in a green space can really do a lot to renew and reduce stress levels. And also, he says you can immerse yourself in some great literature or music. I know I'm a big music buff, and so if I ever have times where I'm feeling a little down or a little flustered, I can always put on some music and kind of help calm my calm myself and get myself re refocused on what my task at hand is and then go forth and conquer. So with that, that kind of leads us over to the mental dimension. And Steve Covey says the goal is to renew our mental health and to continue expanding our minds. So we're on a continuous learning curve. As I say, I always am on that NASCAR left-hand turn on of learning. So to do that, he says to renew yourself mentally, you can keep good literature, keep a journal of your thoughts and insights, and limit television watching to the programs that just enrich your life and your mind. And Tara, I think it's awesome that you mentioned Headspace. I have downloaded it from your recommendation, but I have not put this one into practice yet. It's a changer. It'll, it'll, um, once you get into the practice of it, you almost like crave it. Like you almost start looking forward to just sitting and giving your, your brain a chance to relax. So Tara, would you like to talk a little bit on the social and emotional dimension that Steve Covey displays? Yeah, absolutely. So the goal of the social emotional dimension is really to renew ourselves socially um, and to develop meaningful relationships. So to renew yourself emotionally, you seek to understand other people. You make contributions to meaningful projects that improve the lives of others. You maintain an abundance mentality and seek to help others find success. Um, and I, I love this this call to action because it's something that I try to do regularly is kind of list out where all of my energy and time is going and is that aligning with where I want it to go and the people that I want to be surrounding myself with. I mean, if those aren't aligned, then I have to really take a step back and kind of re-look re at my priorities in terms of relationships. Um, some of the actions that you can take is just that. Make a list of activities that, that would help renew yourself. Um, select one activity for each dimension and list it as a, as a goal for the coming week. And at the end of the week, evaluate your performance. What led you to succeed or fail to accomplish each goal? Um, another action is commit to writing down a specific sharpen the saw activity in all four dimensions every week. Do them and then evaluate your performance and results. I think that's awesome. And what I think we'll try to do for our members, our listeners, is maybe create a document where we can list out these habits and activities and then also kind of do it as a self-guided assessment where you could enter in your, your own goals and I think that might maybe help everyone establish it going from an 
an audio form of list learning, an audio form of learning to really being interactive with it and seeing things down on paper. And then you can maybe print it out, keep it at your desk. So we'll definitely make that happen and include that in the show notes. So to kind of reiterate on habit seven, Steve Covey brings up the four dimensions, which is the physical dimension, the spiritual dimension, the mental dimension, and then the social emotional dimension. Well, I do think that we should add some personal anecdotes. You know, what this whole series meant or what, uh, you know, what are you implementing it? Are you, has it changed your, in the last three weeks, you know, has it resurrected something in your memory or, you know, that kind of thing? What do you all think? Sure. So as we've been going through and discussing these habits with each other, I've begun to realize some of, of my actions. And even as I was driving to work this morning, I only live six miles from work, but it can take me 30 minutes to 40 minutes sometimes to get through traffic. And I don't live in a, in a really metropolitan area. It's more of a suburb. It's just I'm fighting school buses or trash trucks and recycling and very very slow drivers. So with that, as I was really panicked this morning, I was like, oh gosh, like I should have been more proactive and left earlier, but you know, I can't change that now. So I just kept telling myself that it's okay. It's going to be okay. I will still get to work and I'm still going to make it to our recording today and it'll be fine because I would rather arrive safe to work rather than driving quickly or not paying attention so I just put on some good old fallout boy given a throwback there and just kind of enjoyed that I was in my car I was listening to music and when I arrived at work I you know just tried to realize that I couldn't control the situation I couldn't control the truck in front of me but I can control how I react by just breathing and not not letting the commute really get to me so I guess that's kind of a, a personal anecdotal story uh, just from today, actually, and thinking about how these seven habits can help affect our lives in a positive way. So for me, there's, I mean, there's a lot of takeaways here. Um, there's two in particular. One is I control my own feelings. So the whole thing between reactive and proactive, I mean, it's something I try to teach my girls is that you're in control of your emotions and feelings. You know, we can't control how other people react, but we can control how we react. And that's that's something that we have to kind of keep in mind. At least I do daily. Um, even ironically, we were late for school today. And I mean, I must like lost my mind. But realizing, okay, we have to have a better plan in the morning. We have control over it. Um, so that was one big takeaway. And the other one is I'm very passionate about like the lie of, and I'm doing air quotes, busyness, and how we all hide behind this this concept that I'm so busy, I'm so busy. I don't know if it, like, for me, if it gives me this sense of, like, I don't know, like, superiority or something. Like, oh, I'm, I'm busy, you're busy. We're all running around like chickens with our heads cut off. And what it is is, for me, it's just a distraction from these meaningful relationships and from doing things that I want to do with my time, right? Because the busier I am... <clears throat> the less I have to commit to real like relational interactions and, and just being authentic because I'm spinning around on this, this wheel on this. Um, I always say, I don't know if I've said this before, but like I'm on like a little like pivot thing where I just keep pivoting in different directions. Like I just keep turning and like, you know, addressing the next thing that comes at me. And I, 
I just think that I can do better. I can do better than just letting this little pivot turntable move me and take control of it. And I guess that goes back to being proactive versus reactive. So I could go on and on, but those are my those are my two for today. I was just going to add uh, this. I made it with the sharpen your saw, and I was able to take the culture evolution workshop the last two days. And I think part of sharp, sharpening your saw is doing your development, learning and develop uh, yourself and grow yourself. And that might mean taking other classes, being able to implement what you've learned from whatever class you take, whatever literature you read, whatever uh, podcast you listen to. And then secondly, the listening skill, which you all know I've been working on personally. So sharpening the saw to me, since this is the uh, end class, is what I was, what I took away today. Absolutely. And I think all these habits really, Steve Covey's whole purpose is to reflect inward, which all of us, whenever you think of quick fixes or you see successful people, what's the first thing you see? How did you get to where you are? What did you do? Tell me your techniques. I want to learn. I want to do. I want it quicker. I want it now. But if you just pump the brakes here and really focus on things that you personally want to do, you can put these action items in your life to set you up for success. And Tara, whenever the, the whole being busy thing, I, I completely agree. And after hearing that, that episode from the broad experience, I have done my best to strike I'm too busy from my vocabulary because I felt like I was doing a disservice to others because I'm not too busy. If it's important to me, I'm going to make time for it. And also after reading a little bit of uh, Rachel Hollis's book, I was like, you know what? No, I'm not too busy. I am not too busy to to get up. I'm not a morning person at all. Not really an exercise person either. But for the past two weeks, I've set my alarm 30 minutes early and I get up and I will go get on the treadmill. It might just be for 10, 15 minutes, but hey, I am doing something and that is that means more to me than probably you know, other people. But just continuing to do something and making it repeatable habits that you can continue to build on, um, I think that's, that's kind of the whole thing. And realizing that these habits aren't, aren't supposed to be copied from other people. They're supposed to be meaningful to you and create these wonderful opportunities for you to grow professionally and personally. Fantastic. Good stuff. Great stuff. Well, I think that is all the time we have for this week, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to text WNRG to 239-355 so you'll never miss an episode from us. Again, thank you. We are looking forward to hearing your thoughts on Buzz. Make sure to add some comments underneath this episode. And that's it for this episode. Make sure to text WNRG to 239-355 so you can catch us next week. This podcast is produced by Melissa Nichols. We also want to thank you for spending time with us this week. And we always want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts in our Buzz group, WNRG podcast series, or by tagging us. We couldn't do this without you. Until next time, be intentional, stay curious, and inspire others.